Welcome to Poppin' the Lid on all things real estate with Tina Miller-Lite and Sherry Anhauser-Busch. Your place to tune in every Thursday, Thursday and learn all about the home buying and selling process in a fun and lighthearted manner. Happy Thirsty Thursday, everybody! Happy Thirsty Thursday! So exciting. Our topic today is going to be all about appraisals. But first... But first... Why do ducks have tail feathers? Tail feathers, ducks. So they can fly. So they can, oh, so they can fan their fanny. Tail feathers. Shake your tail feathers. Fan your fanny. Oh, so they can shake their tail feathers. So they can cover their butt quacks. Oh, okay, quacks. <laughs> fan their fanny. Oh, my gosh. Well, well, I just totally got sidetracked off of that one. Appraisals. We're talking about appraisals. We are talking about the process of obtaining an appraisal and any information that we can share that might be beneficial to everyone listening. And the reason why we're talking about appraisals today is because I had an appraisal yesterday. Oh, you did. How'd it go? It went well. Um, don't have it back yet, so I don't know the value of it, but it went well. I was able to pick his brain a little bit, asked him some questions, got a lot of good knowledge, which we'll be sharing with you today. So let's jump into it. Okay. So basically, what is an appraisal? Opinion of value. And what does that include? What's an opinion of value? Whose opinion? It, well, it's one person's opinion is going to be the appraiser. Who The appraiser, just so y'all know, the appraiser is hired by the buyer's lender and the appraiser is an unbiased person who has no affiliation with either party he's just a completely unbiased person that is given his or hers opinion of the value of the home perfect and um so they act as an independent person Yep. And there's no way that anyone can possibly sway their opinion. Well, I don't know about that. I know they're, I, they're not supposed to be swayed. Yeah, I think there's measures that are put in place. And if you do feel at any point that any of that's taking place, there are remedies that you can you know, take. You can contact um, certain uh, authorities in the real estate appraisal uh, board to um, you know, state your complaint and see if if you know there has been any kind of, I guess, mishandling of it, of the information. Yeah, I know I've not had any issues with that at all. Yeah, I mean, I've never had either. I think appraisers do a really good job at just coming in, doing what they need to do, completely unbiased, and getting their job done. Oh yeah, I've had some really great experiences. So within the process, once they are contacted by um, the lender, I believe they go through some kind of company, like an appraisal management um, they call company. It AMC? Is that yes, what it's called? I believe so. Yeah, that sounds right. And it's supposed to go into some kind of pool where it just randomly selects an appraiser. Right, and then the appraiser can decide whether they're going to accept or deny the job. Great. And hopefully most of the time they accept it. Mm -hmm. And if it's within their area. So they can probably drive. How far of a distance do you think that they can go? 
That's a good question, Tina. <laughs> Do you have the answer? I don't, but um, I think they can pretty much go within a certain, you know, whatever they're comfortable with, appraising, within a certain mile radius. Because I would imagine, just like a realtor, your expertise is within a certain area. Yeah, I would think that they wouldn't go outside like we don't go outside of our MLS um, just because there are varying factors. So I would think that would be the same for them. But you know what? I'm going to ask one of my appraiser friends. How far they can go out? And find out. Yep. Okay. So sometimes it uh, will require uh, an interior inspection. Uh, sometimes it only requires an exterior. So if that's the case, then they go through um, an appraisal management company of some sort where they um, just do a drive-by, which is kind of rare these days. Um, I only hear of that. Like at a desk appraisal where they're just doing it from yeah, the desk. For and like a, a refi and taking a picture. Yeah, I think that probably applies more to refis. Than yeah. it does for resale. Well, it does happen occasionally for resale because I know I've had that experience where they contacted me and asked me specific questions about the property and then asked me for photos of the interior, like uh, smoke and uh, carbon monoxide detectors, double strapped water heater, and I forwarded the pictures. And I think that was probably during the crazy time when everything oh, yeah. was during off COVID. The yeah. Uh, and I know that there are sometimes the appraisal can be waived altogether with an appraisal waiver if you're putting down a significant enough chunk of money and it brings that loan value down where you can just waive that appraisal altogether. Okay. Well, but for the most part, I think it's safe to say an appraisal requires an interior inspection. Mm -hmm. So therefore, the appraiser usually will contact the uh, most of the time the agent of the seller, so the listing agent. And that would give, you know, in order to give them access to inspect the interior and exterior of the property. And a lot of times, you're, if you're working with a good realtor, your realtor will want to meet the appraiser there to um, provide them with your comparables that you've done research on. Yeah, uh, so let's go back for just a second what a good realtor will do for you. There are things, steps that you want to take to get ready for the appraisal. So I automatically know, as all realtors do, that there are some things that need to be in place before the appraiser comes. And that's going to be the smoke detectors have to be up and working. You have to have a carbon monoxide detector on each floor if you're in a two-story and they have to be by the sleeping areas and so if you have three bedrooms on one side of the house and one bedroom on the other side of the house you're going to need two carbon monoxide detectors there also the hot water heater has to be double strapped and depending on the buyer's loan you might need to take care of things like peel and paint for example, I've got one on the market right now and I knew that I was going to have some issues with FHA or VA buyers and we did not want to eliminate that buyer pool. We didn't want to just limit ourselves to conventional cash. So we did a little bit of work, did some paint, 
took care of the peel and paint um, fence and some kind of things like that so that we would be able to go through an FHA VA appraisal process. So there are some steps that you need to take before appraisal day to make yes. sure that you're not going to have any issues. Yeah, and like Sherry was saying, it really depends on what type of financing the buyer is coming to the table with. So, you know, uh, conventional FHA, VA, um, USDA, cash, um, very, depending on, you know, there's different kind of restrictions and rules on what the appraiser is looking at depending on what type of loan it is. I think uh, we just talked about earlier today or yesterday, VA is probably right now going to be, it's going to be the most strict FHA and VA. Yeah. And so I learned something yesterday that I wasn't aware of um, in speaking with my appraiser. Hi, Ryan. Um, oh, my, my con- um, y'all, I just got contact lenses today. And I just came from the eye doctor, and these things are like multifocal. What are you seeing? I, How many fingers do I have up? So stop moving them. <laughs> I just blinked, and it felt like one just flipped. And no, looks like they're still in there. Are they? Yep. Oh my gosh, it's irritating. Just don't touch them. Everything's blurry all of a sudden. Um, well, you don't need to read notes. You know this by the back of your hand. Go ahead. <laughs> I forgot what I was saying. You were talking about speaking oh. with Ryan about oh. the VA. So when you have a conventional appraisal, they come in and they measure and they check the smoke detectors and the carbon monoxide detectors. A VA buyer, and I maybe an FHA buyer too. Well, yeah, a VA, VA and FHA. He was telling me they check the appliances to make sure that the appliances work. Uh, that includes FHA? Mm-hmm, and they turn on the fans and everything. I, and you have to have the certain appliances installed correctly at that point? He said they inspect them if they're installed, but if they're not there, they don't require them. Uh-huh. I know at one point... Um, you had to have a stove or or some kind of cooking apparatus. So if you had a microwave, you know, that would suffice. But my understanding yesterday was if it's there, they'll inspect it, but they won't inquire them to put it. They will require a stove hookup, but not the actual stove. Oh, okay. So that was my nugget. Yes. My mind blow moment that I walked away from yesterday with. Did you have an appliance? Did you have a stove? No, there? no, no. I oh. was just picking his brain. I was just asking him questions oh, okay. gotcha. in preparation for today. And he told me that. And I was like, wow. I had, no, I didn't know that. Because the last I heard was you have to have a stove. Yeah. Or a microwave. So I think the takeaway there is make sure that you're working with your realtor to point out and take care of any issues that might potentially arise during uh, the appraisal inspection. You know what else he said had to be? What? The rain covers that go over the electrical outlets. You know the oh, little those, the protective covers yes. have to be. Yes. That is correct. I knew that that got called on home inspections but I didn't know that that was something the appraisers looked at. Yeah I think they're looking for uh, health and safety issues during the appraisal so that would definitely be something that they would be looking for. So they're going to take uh, an inspection of the interior and exterior. 
They probably will be uh, taking pictures. Mm -hmm. They will get their cameras out. A lot of times, I don't know about you, but I've had some where if there's personal photos or I don't know, certain things, they'll ask for it to be removed so they don't capture it in the photo. Um, also, they will take measurements sometimes. I see them get, some of them get their little measuring measuring apparatuses out. The little and thing, it looks like it's from R2D. It's got like the little laser thing. Yeah, so they don't have to really move. They just point it to the other wall and it takes the measurement. That's pretty cool. Come a long way. Yes. From the whole tape measure. Although I do still see some people bring out the tape measure because I have to hold it for them at the other end and they yes. stretch it across. <laughs> <laughs> Not ideal. Yes. So, and you know, another thing, try not to have your appraiser there the same time that you're doing your home and the buyers are doing the home inspection. Oh, that almost happened to me yesterday. Yeah, that happened to me before and it didn't end well for the seller because they pretty much will listen and, and piggyback on each other's inspections. And what maybe an appraiser doesn't necessarily see, maybe your home inspector saw it or your pest inspector saw it and they do tend to talk. Mm -hmm. So just try to avoid that at all costs, in my opinion. Yeah, I, we had a near miss yesterday, near miss. So once they have gone out and done their inspection, then the appraiser will go back to their office and they will start researching information to compile to get their appraisal put together. So some of the things that they're going to be looking at, they might, you know, research county and municipal records, the multiple listing service, which is the MLS records, and any other data services for information and documentation concerning that subject property and the market area as well as mls like yes. your realtor before they list the thing will do comps and we don't pull our comps we don't determine our opinion of your value off of zillow or Redfin or any of those online places, we sit down and we pull up the MLS and we graph out an area around the house and we compare apples to apples, like house to like house, single story to single story, pool, you know, and we do the best that we can kind of narrowing it down to getting as close to the subject property as we can. And so that's how we pull our comps. And then so the appraiser will also log on to MLS. And they use multiple different techniques of determining their value, but you know, pulling the comps from MLS is another way that they do it as well. Yes, and I don't know about you, but I tend to, when I'm pulling comps for my clients initially, as far as coming up with a, you know, a sale price, a listing price, I will go three months. I'll go back three months. So I'm trying to get the most recent sales possible to get a good reflection of what the current fair market value is. So I'll do three months. If there's not enough sales within that three month period, then I'll go out six months. But typically I believe appraisers will look at six months or less, the most recent they can find. Mm -hmm. And if they can't find anything in that specific area 
then they will go out to competing neighborhoods located in a distance from that subject property to try and get an idea of value. And a lot of that happens when they're out mostly in the foothills and country or ag where there might be quite a distance mm -hmm. from, from the nearest most recent sale in order to get um, a, apples to apple comparison. Yeah, I had one a couple years ago and when he was pulling comps, he literally went out as far as 20 miles to find something. Yeah, and I think that's acceptable. Yeah, on those country on property. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So there's several different uh, approaches that an appraiser can use. The first one is a sales comparison approach. The second one is a cost approach. And the third one is an income approach. So the first one being the sales comparison approach, um, if that is a value, uh, the sales comparison approach utilizes recent sales and comparable properties. So just like what we were just talking about. Mm -hmm. So that would be considered the sales comparison approach. They analyze and compare characteristics that include the living area of the home, land area, style, age, quality of construction, number of bedrooms and bathrooms, presence or absence of a garage, things like that. So that would be your sales comparison approach. And they have the cost approach. Um, the cost approach is the appraiser's opinion, the current replacement cost of um, reconstruction. Can't even talk. <laughs> I'm blind and I can't talk. Um, to reproduce the house is what that would be, um, less than any estimated de depreciation plus the land. It's, it's kind of the same way insurance companies, when they're coming up with how much they're going to insure you for, this is the approach that they use, like the okay. replacement value. How much yeah. is it going to cost to rebuild? Do you think they do that more for new construction homes, probably, that really haven't been able to where you don't probably don't have a lot of recent sales because maybe it's a newer construction newer home so maybe they use a replacement cost if it's depending on the age yeah could be various various different reasons why they might use the cost approach and then there's the the third approach would be the income approach and that is used mostly for properties that have two three four or more Units where income is a factor in the decision-making process. So you're going to see things like investment properties. And so they're taking their approach based on also how much of the income is the sellers receiving for that property. So those are the various kinds of approaches that an appraiser will take to calculate value. So then, so then they take all the data and then they kind of combine it all and that's when they develop their opinion of value. And they do that by considering the sales comparison approach as well as the cost approach or the income approach where applicable. 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 Ap that's a tough one. Applicable. <laughs> Oh my God, we sound drunk today. Yeah, there is one word I can never say correctly, and it's funny because Shane's constantly reminding me. He's, he's the one correcting me what the perfect way to say it is. 
it's ex, ex, expedentures is how I say expedentures. No, it's um, um, see, that's how I say it, but that's not how you say it. Expedenture? Uh uh-uh. uh. I it's, um, expenditures. Expenditures. But I call it expedentures, and he's like, no, it's expenditures. So, like expenses? Yeah. Yeah. Expenditures. Yeah. Anyway, there's always one word that catches you. So, some of the things that make a credible appraiser or appraisal would be um, the scope of work performed by the appraiser, the client and other intended users, and the intended use of the report. So, the report that they provide, and they provide this to the buyer because typically if it's a lender that's ordered it, the lender orders it on behalf of the buyer. So the report will always come back to the lender and then they will give it to the buyer. And the seller is not privy to the appraisal. I can't tell you how many times the seller has come to me and said, what did it come in at? I'm like, I don't know. Well, if it came in over, then do we get to ask for more? No, no. you don't get to know. All you need to know is that it came in at value and were there any conditions, meaning was it subject to any repairs? Do you have to double strap the hot water heater as a condition? Other than that, it's... Do you have to fix the peeling paint? Yes. Yeah, so those are conditions. Seller, you, I mean, I'm sorry, but you just, it's not your report. You didn't pay for the report. It's the lenders. All they're trying to do is bring it in at your purchase price. And so you're, you're not privy to any of that. The only time you would be privy is if it comes in under ask. Yes. Or there's a condition. And even then, you don't get the full appraisal report. What will happen is, is the lender will print screen just the section that you need to know that will say appraised value is this if it's under value and here's the condition you're not going to get that whole report correct so and if it does come in at value but you have conditions they're only going to let you know what the condition section says yep so if your buyer if you have a really great realtor that takes the time and educate you on what the current market is doing and takes the time to really research comparables and helps you understand what a good starting list price is, then you should be coming spot on for the most part. I had one. But if you don't, that maybe there's other reasons why. Well, sometimes you can get an incompetent appraiser. Yes. I had one and it came in 90 thousand under so what do you do in 90, that situation well we we fought it we went yes. back and they measured the house wrong and you look at the diagram they were missing a bedroom there are so many things wrong with this appraisal and so we put in a request to dispute it and so the guy all he did was redraw the map and re-add the bedroom like and then resubmit it for the same price so he caught his, upon redoing it, he caught his mistake, his error. I, well, he didn't change the price. Oh. He, I think what happens, we made him mad because we questioned him because he wasn't very nice to begin with. So, I mean. But if you still at that point still have a dispute, then you just communicate that with the lender and the lender. Well, sometimes the lender might order a, another appraiser. Well, in this case, we decided to walk away. Ah, okay. 
we decided that it it doesn't so that way sometimes yeah i had i had the list and antibiotic on that one and we just decided you know what it, it wasn't worth it they didn't love the house that much to go through all that but the point is again it's one an appraiser appraisal is one person's value or opinion and value yes i agree so hopefully if you do everything correctly and you get a, a a fair and good and competent appraiser then you will you should come in pretty close to what you know your list price or what the buyer's offering there's a lot more involved but if you don't there's ways that you can try to dispute it and have them reassess it yeah i think most of the time i think that they come in pretty close yeah yeah maybe five ten thousand off depending on but i think for the most part well just speaking from my own experience i'm gonna say that 95 percent of the time they're coming in at value yes and if more than that are coming in under value then that means possibly there's been a shift in the market and we're seeing it more widespread that more appraisals aren't coming in at value. And I did hear the other day that they're starting to come in low. Really? So there you go. That means there's possibly a shift in the market and how appraisers are, because they do play an important role on home value. So I think Sherry, what were some of the other things? Were there anything else that you learned in your visit with your appraisal yesterday as far as specifics like what they're looking for or any little tidbits that you can offer? Let me see if my blind eyes can read this. Read your notes. Um, FHA appliances, they check them if installed, must have a stove hookup. All utilities have to be on and operational. They check all toilets and water sources for leaks. Okay. Um, They check all the fans. They check for chipping, peeling paint, dry rot. Outlet covers need the weatherproof covers. The heat and air must work. Outbuildings, now this was interesting. Outbuildings must conform to the dwelling but doesn't need to be permitted so that's going to be the lender's discretion. And what are you considering an outbuilding? Um, like if you have... We're not talking a second residence. No, we're not talking, we're talking a second like residence. a shed or um, a lean-to or, you know, a little work, a work area. Yeah, um, maybe if you've converted the garage into a bedroom, something like that. Okay, like so a you detached, are that. Well, like a detached garage, and I don't know. Ryan can probably correct me on this, but I'm only saying this because I did have something in Parlier where they had a detached garage, and they converted it, and it was just a bedroom, and it had um, like a fan in a window, and had a, a very small bathroom, but there was no eating area or anything. So it wasn't to like an ADU. It did not have to be permitted. Okay. So that's why I'm thinking because I remember that one. It wasn't permitted and it didn't get called out. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll have to clarify exactly what counts as an outbuilding. But yeah, that's what he said. 
it's at the lender's discretion whether they're going to require a permit on it or not. Yeah, okay. So I think the takeaway from that is working with your realtor, just make sure that you have that conversation about, you know, when the appraiser, if you do take a, a an offer that is not cash and does require funding from a lender, more than likely you're going to have to go through the appraisal process. And it's important to understand depending on the condition of the home that you're selling or the property that you're selling, whether it be your personal home or an investment property, that there are gonna be certain standards that are gonna be scrutinized depending on the type of appraisal or loan that it is. Right, and something else I wanna point out, when you're working with your realtor to determine a price for the home, if you want to go higher than your realtor suggests, then keep in mind it still has to appraise. So if you want to list your house $20,000 over what your realtor is recommending, if it doesn't appraise, then the loan, you can't lend on it. It has to be at to that purchase price or the appraisal price. So you're probably going to have to come down in your price or get the buyer to come up meet in the middle i mean so if it doesn't come in at appraisal that's when you renegotiate yes and negotiating is an important tool that your realtor should be able to provide to you as well so So a lot of things to take and keep in mind when it comes to the appraisal process and um you know hopefully you guys learned something hopefully we educated you on something you didn't know and we've got more great information lined up for um, upcoming podcasts and hopefully you can take something away from today. That would be the, the point. Yes. I hope. I hope that everybody learns something. If just one thing, I know we get sidetracked every once in a while, but as long as you learn one thing, then we are happy campers. Yes, we are. Okay, you guys, peace, love, and real estate.